0: welcome to season two of the collect your life incorporated podcast this is episode one um this episode is called mother to mother uh mother's day is approaching mother to mother dealing with children with um disabilities and i have my good friend ashley wallace with me ashley say hi hello so um we're just going to talk about our perspective and our experience as mothers with children with disabilities and i'm going to let ashley go first just whatever you want to say about like well how has so far what has your child what is your child diagnosed with what is the challenges Okay, what um what ha- how, how has it made you feel? How how have other people treated you? Like, just express whatever you want to express about this experience so far.
1: Okay. So, I'll start with, um, so Aiden is two. Um, he just turned two in March. Um, this has been a humbling yet yeah, eye-opening experience. Um, I've always been like one of those type of people that was super sensitive to just people with disabilities, just, you know, my background working in the pharmacy and the healthcare field. Um, I've never really been like knowledgeable and super sensitive to kids with disabilities. So this was new territory for me, having a child with a disability. Um, I would just say, um, let me just start from the beginning, um, finding out about Aiden's diagnosis. Um, when I was pregnant, I I didn't have a, a bad pregnancy. Um, I had some complications. Um, one of the biggest complications that I had was I had a lot of fluid, um, around Aiden's sac in my stomach. And so... Um, when I was about 30 weeks pregnant, I had to go to the doctor every single week because they needed to check on Aiden, check on me. Um, they said since Aiden was super active in my stomach, we, we needed to make sure he didn't bust the sack or whatever. Um, and none of the excess fluid, you know, cause it could cause danger to the babies. Um, so didn't think about anything. I also had a, um, hernia, um, while I was pregnant as well. Um, It caused pain, Um, I bled a lot. Um, Outside of that, the pregnancy was not bad. Um, I did not know that I was gonna have a son with Down syndrome prior to. Um, I didn't do the testing. They didn't even ask me if I wanted to do the testing, which I would have thought they would have. Um, But they say at 35, they started asking you I was only, um, what, 31 when I was pregnant with Aiden. So, um, I do, Aiden came late. Um, He was a week late. Um, I did a scheduled C-section. And um, C-section, everything went fine. I had Aiden. Um, When he was born, um, he had like a um i guess you can say like a big bump over his eye and he could barely open his eye and concern me and so they told me that some babies have that when they're born it's okay well every time a nurse came in the room i'm constantly like y'all sure my baby okay (laughs) i'm asking does he need medicine does he need an ointment or cream or anything and they're like no he's fine so finally like the next well um, not the next day Because I had him like early early that morning um, When another shift Came in that night She said that she was going to write a note to the doctor To see if they could get him some cream And they did And it instantly started going down So my baby needed some cream the whole time So as mothers if y'all are listening I just want y'all to know I Always advocate for your child And you'll probably hear me say that a few times In this podcast for different situations So I'm up at one o'clock in the morning. I'm holding my baby. I'm just looking at him. And I don't know why. I don't know if God put this on my heart or in my spirit. Something said research down syndrome. Like seriously don't know why. I was just looking at him and I was thinking he doesn't look like his brother when he was born. He doesn't look like the other children in our family. And we all like we have strong genes. We all look alike. So it was just a little concerning to me and um i just researched down syndrome and it said ways to know if your child has down syndrome is um the space between their eyes i'm looking at his eyes check small ears i'm looking at his ears check it says all of the fingers are the same length and they're kind of wide check um it says there's a space between the big toe and the second toe check um Slanted eyes, check. I'm like, oh, my God, my baby may have Down syndrome. So I called a nurse in the room, and I was like, what's the process of getting your child tested for Down syndrome? And she looked at me with, like, the most horrific, like, ugliest look ever. And then, like, I felt so guilty. Like, I literally cried. And she was like, what would make you say this about this beautiful baby boy? Like, why are you asking for this? And so I'm like, I don't know, like I'm crying. I'm in tears. Like I truly did not know y'all, I did not know. And so she was like, well, um, I'll put it in the notes, So when the doctor on call comes around tomorrow, um, they can decide what they want to do. So a new shift came in that morning. The nurse came to me and she told me that she had saw the notes that I asked for this test. And she told me that she didn't know what time the doctor was coming around for the day and that she will update me on the process and what would happen. But she also told me, she was like, Mom, um, the day that Aiden was born, the first nurse that came around to help you with breastfeeding, she mentioned we may want to get him tested. Nobody said anything to me. The ner- They overlooked those notes. Nobody said anything. So I'm like. So this nurse last night made me feel so bad about this, but somebody else saw it too. Right. So the doctor came around, not that day, but the next day. Mm-hmm. So mind you, this day, they're having a hard time getting blood from Aiden. Mm-hmm. Um, he was borderline jaundice, and um, his um, blood platelet counts were super low. Mm-hmm. So when it's super low like that... They can't get blood work and they can't circumcise him. Mm. So they're like, you're going to have to stay an extra day if you want him to get circumcised because uh, we can't do it with his blood platelets being this low. So I'm like, okay, I'm fine. Do what you got to do. So the nurse never came that day. I mean, not the nurse. The doctor never came that day. The doctor came the next day. Mm -hmm. So she came in and she was just kind of like, you know, I've spoken to the nurse. I've read the notes. She came hell-aiding. She looked at him. She was like, Mom, he doesn't really fit the profile to me, mm-hmm. but I can see. She was like, he does have, like, the small ears and the slanted eyes, but you'll be surprised at babies that come out the same way, and they're super, like, it's fine, nothing's wrong. So I'm like, okay, gave me hope. Because right. thinking about it, I don't know why my mind says it's a Google Down syndrome. Like, literally did not know. Right. So um, they ended up getting the test done or whatever, and um, I didn't. So this is on a Saturday. Um, they discharged us on a Sunday. I had to wait until the doctor's appointment on the third, the three day checkup to get the test results. So they were like, "Yes, mom, he does have that extra chromosome. He does have trisomy twenty one, um, which is Down syndrome." Mm-hmm. And like at that point, my whole world shook. Yeah. Um, nobody in my family saw what I saw They questioned why I thought this as well My husband and I kind of exchanged words about it too um, And you know The whole time I was right um, So immediately I went into action like What do I need to do? What happens next? i didn't want to prolong anything i didn't want to be that parent in denial because it's easy to be like oh this is my precious baby Mm -hmm. and you let things slide but all in all your child needs help right right so um that was that process so um i had aiden at the beginning of the pandemic so Aiden was born March 25th. The pandemic started like mid-March. Mm-hmm. So none of those services were offered at the time. Yeah. So we really couldn't do anything. Um, he couldn't see any therapists, nothing. No ear- early intervention was offered. None of that. So we just took him home. We cared for our baby, you know, the way we cared for him. And then I want to say like around the time he was five months, those services opened back up and we immediately got him into... Um, um, OT, which is occupational therapy, and um, he got uh, special instruction. So we're in Mississippi. So I think like what they call special instruction in Mississippi is different than what they have in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a major adjustment for me um, because you know as mom, you're just thinking like I didn't know what I was up against. Yeah. I didn't know the delayments and what. What like what he needed from me, or what he needed from the other therapists? Like it was new for me. So you know, once I finally had the courage to make the post about it on Facebook, I had a bunch of people to hop in my inbox and offer support, support that I didn't even know I needed. Right. Um, and that kind of stirred me in the right direction. And I would just say that living with a child with disability is truly a gift because it humbles you. It teaches you that, you know, for me, it taught me it's not always about me. Mm -hmm. Of course, being a mom, you learn it's not always about you because you have this little person. But when you have a child with a disability, it's a totally different level because you have to extend so much to them To be what they need. For you to be. Because they can't be that for themselves. Um, Quote unquote normal babies. They find their way on their own. With a child with disability. You have to guide them. On a path and on their way. So. um, I would say. You know. My experience. Was. It was a little difficult. Because. You know, you just being honest, you go through those thoughts of why me Mm -hmm. and did I do something wrong? Did I eat something? Did I drink something? You know, like what? What did I do? Like, am I not healthy? Is that not healthy? You know, like I went through all of that, like having a baby in a Mm -hmm. pandemic, I think, gives PTSD in itself Mm -hmm. because you can't have anybody with you but one person. my mom couldn't be with me my sister couldn't be with me none of my friends could come in the hospital Mm -hmm. we got this extended stay like it was truly a traumatic experience for me and then when I came home I can't see nobody Mm -hmm. I'm scared for anybody to come around us I'm thinking about COVID Mm -hmm. and you know what's gonna happen I'm even thinking about if I go to the grocery store will I bring something back to my child if dad goes to work will he bring something back so it truly was a traumatic experience for me so now fast forward you know life is a little bit normal in the pandemic world and you know Aiden's older we got at this point like now Aiden has four therapists he has physical therapy occupational therapy speech therapy and he has special instruction um so that's a lot in itself. Mm -hmm. Not only does he have four therapists, he has five different specialists that he goes to as well. Mm -hmm. And we have to see those specialists every three to six months, Mm -hmm. um, just to look after other health conditions and other things that's going on with him and just stand on top of it. Um, So I would just say, you know, my experience taught me to, I guess, Lean on my village more mm-hmm. because I'm just one of those people where um, I'm I'm so strong-minded. I can do it all. Yeah. But having a child with dis- with a disability, you really cannot. Yeah. You cannot do it all. You yeah. need help. You need support. Yeah. You gotta lean on other people. Gotcha. All of the therapists have to work together. Mm-hmm. All of the doctors have to work together. Yeah. It's like this is a team of people for your one child mm-hmm. that needs them all
0: yeah
1: yeah Yeah. so um that's kind of like where we are now
0: okay um so with me and thank you ashley for that with me mine is a little different Mm -hmm. so carrie was born a little early she Mm -hmm. was due june 6th of 2019 Mm -hmm. but she came well yeah they had us. We had a C section May eighth, and that's when she came. But I went into the doctor because my blood pressure was up. I kept having headaches, and my doctor was like, "He already had me on, um, law for like the last leading up to Carrie being born. Um, he had me on labetalol for, uh, for blood pressure from like week thirty. So I would say from like week 20... 29 to up until the time I had Carrie so I was on blood pressure medicine from week 29 to up until I had Carrie 30, 35 weeks 5 days and so I had her early and you hear Aiden in the background because we're mommies <laughs> out here so we gotta do what we gotta do so right. if you hear Aiden just you know excuse it because he doesn't
1: want us to
0: talk while he's
1: watching
0: TV you guys because we're moms <laughs> so um I went in for a routine and I'm a diabetic. So like at the time when we got closer after 32 weeks, my doctor was like, well, I'm gonna see you every two weeks just in case, because as a diabetic, anything can change. I wasn't high risk yet, but he was just trying to see, um, my pregnancy was pretty okay. It was real painful in the beginning because of my fibroids. Like I literally had to go to the ER during the second trimester because I could not walk like those fibroids were flaring up oh with goodness. the pregnancy yeah. and they were feeding I was feeding the fibroids basically the fibroids were growing more than Carrie was mm-hmm. um so they were they were stealing all the nutrients from my baby so my baby was little like people people saw my stomach they were like oh you're gonna have a big baby she's gonna be nine pounds and I was thinking to myself no Carrie weighs in at three pounds like this was mm-hmm. back like like before she was born, of course, and so she was born. Um, I went to the doctor for a routine checkup, and they were like, "Oh, your fluid's low." And Carrie was in position at twenty-eight weeks; she was already head head down. Mm-hmm. At twenty-eight um, weeks, she had. Um, then I had low fluid, and then my blood pressure was one forty. They were like, "He gonna admit you to the hospital," mm-hmm. and I was like. You mean, like, I was so dumb. I wasn't ready. I was in shock. I was like, you mean I'm going to the hospital today? Like, I hadn't eaten nothing since lunch. I am a teacher. And I literally was trying to, like, get, like, a week off uh, from school before I had care. Like, because we were coming up to the next. We were coming up to, like, the end of school. So, I was like, well doctor, you know, asking my doctor can he give me, a, you know, write me off, whatever, not knowing that my la- I just taught on the 7th and mm-hmm. I'm literally going into a hospital that day and I could, po- they were like, you gonna have your baby sometime and I was like, wait, this week? Like, I was in shock. I was right. not registering it and my pregnancy emotionally it was stressful, like from my job, I was going through stuff, like unnecessary stress and then from my home environment i was going through stuff so um i was stressed so my blood pressure was rightfully so i've never had a blood pressure issue i never had to take a blood pressure pill had diabetes but that's the only issue i had my blood pressure was always immaculate and so pregnancy like and like the stress of course triggered blood pressure issues so i ended up i guess with what people call preeclampsia mm-hmm. yes aiden <laughs> <laughs> and so i ended up with what people call preeclampsia and i had to be admitted in my blood like as soon as i got to the hospital because i'm like okay i'm gonna have the like anxiety and all this stuff yes, coming up and so worse. my my blood pressure is increasing it went from 140 mm-hmm. then it's going to one it's going to 180 it's going to 190 and like it was a lot and my mom thank god for her like she was my advocate because i told her i was like just prepping her because i was looking at other stuff i know how they do black mothers a lot of times and i was i didn't have a doula at the time which i know for whenever i have another child i do want one in addition to my ob but um I was like mama if these folks act crazy with me don't do anything please advocate for me like please do that and I I told that to my ex-husband but you know it really didn't resonate so my mom took care of it Mm because it was a nurse that came in there she was just like oh your blood she wasn't my nurse but she was like turning off the beeper or something or the beeping noise and she was just like um um she was like, ooh, your blood pressure high. Mom was like, she knows that this you're not making it any, any different. You're not making right. it better to tell her that that's what she's in here for. She knows that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not necessary. You're adding stress to it.
1: Yeah.
0: And so, like, she had... My mom went to the nurse manager and told her, don't let that lady come in my baby room, my mom. And they had me on magnesium. I'm feeling, tasting this metallic taste. And then my doctor comes in. He was like, so we having a baby. And I was like, okay, so what, you know, what are the steps? Because we had talked about, like, I could have had a, you know, vaginal, like, because diabetics have a vaginal birth. People with fibroids have vaginal births all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not an issue that I don't have to necessarily have a C-section, but something in me when he was like be induced and you can wait a few days or have a C-section. And it was like something in me was like, say C-section, go ahead. Your fluid are already low, you know, your blood pressure up. Thinking to rather
1: be safe than sorry. Yeah. yeah. And so
0: I was like, Lord, I think this is what I should do. And thankfully I did because I ended up having to get, Fibroids removed after Carrie was mm. removed. So after Carrie was out, she was good. I'm seeing loving on my baby, and my doctor is telling the other doctor that my uterus is too large, like it won't close. He can't close my uterus, and he was like, "I'm not giving her a hysterectomy and all that." And I was just like, "Wait, what? What's I heard going on like what's right. going on?" And so, um. He did tell me like that you know the fibroids were in the way so they removed four and they grew with the pregnancy like because at the time when I first got pregnant my fibroids were the size of my fingernail but by the time I had my baby they were the size of a large navel orange and it was like four of them that were that size so they were getting all the nutrients my child was only five pounds one ounce and so they were getting all they were they were why I was so big so I lost a lot of blood I was already anemic by definition so I lost even more blood and then they finally closed me up They didn't, you know, I got my uterus still, don't have a hysterectomy. You know, there's still maybe like two. He was like, I'm going to leave these two because they're on the scar. They're on the, you know, the edge. And I don't want to scar your uterus lining on the inside. Mm -hmm. So they were like close to and they were real. They were smaller. So he was like, I'm going to leave those in there. Um, And then I think like a year later or so, I had a checkup and those shrunk back. So pregnancy just aggravates aggravated my uh fibroids mm-hmm. so basically get carrie um she's the prettiest baby that i've seen um she was borderline jaundice too mm-hmm. she had ambiotic fluid in one ear and um so she passed in one ear when they did the hearing test but she didn't in the other and um then we had to come back the next, and she passed no problem. So I was like, okay, don't e- hearing issues, nothing like that. Not John Disney anymore, yada yada yada. So we go about, you know, life with her, mm. and everything is fine. Go to her doc, like go to a pediatrician. There's no problems. This was the same pediatrician I had. He. He caught my diabetes as a 12-year-old when I got it. So, I'm like, yeah, I got a... You know, he's just a little older. Yeah, but, you know, he's good. Doctor. I got yes. a great doctor. So, nine months hit. And, you know, like the papers you get on your child, it's like a little... I can't remember the exact acronym for it. But it's some type of um, a worksheet that they, they fill out for your child's development. And... Carrie wasn't crawling at all. And this was nine months. And it was kind of alarming to me. But I was on survival mode. Mm-hmm. And I say I was on survival mode because I was, you know, because of my surroundings in my... um With my ex-husband. So I was just like, you know, maybe... Because she didn't like tummy time. But I was like, well, maybe, you know,
1: that's just her. She's just being stubborn. Yeah. yeah.
0: Because she was a spoiled baby like people Mm -hmm. would hold her they love holding her you know physical touch was her love language Mm -hmm. or it still is now you know I was just like you know it's just that and so we do he was like oh she's not crawling okay well not all babies crawl which is true and I was like okay so we go to the 12 month I go to the 12 month of things she still hasn't walked she still hasn't crawled he still didn't say anything. I go to 15 months. She hasn't walked yet. And I'm like, well, you know, babies can walk at 18 months. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's, you know, maybe that's when my baby walk. And she didn't. She hadn't at had 15 months. And so, by just a conversation with my friend, I was talking to her about, like, you know, just cost of stuff. Cause at this time, the pandemic is hit. Like, um, she was nine months. When she was nine months, that was February of 2020. Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic hit in March. And so she turned one in the pandemic. You know, mm-hmm. we had virtual stuff. And, yes. you know, so like by the time she's 15 months, that's when I have to go back to work. But I have to put her in daycare. So then my friend, we were talking and she was like, well, have you heard about, you know, Tennessee early intervention services and I was like okay let me look it up and so I looked it up I called them they did like an interview over the phone they did an evaluation and it was the same um I said wait this sounds like like I'm just remembering this is the same thing that the doctors do she said yeah the doctors do that I said so are you telling me that her doctor should have told me about TEIS early on, like at nine months when she wasn't wasn't crawling, when she wasn't everything. She said, yeah, they should have told you. Like, it's like, I'm a teacher. It's like an IEP to a teacher to tell, like, this parent, like, you need to get your child tested. Like, you need to get your child this. Your child needs an IEP because they're having difficulty learning or something like that early on telling them. So I'm like... So he really, and so I had to like literally just fire him and find another doctor. Because at this point, I'm like, okay, well, the, Carrie, my main thing was speech and physical. Because she was saying a few words, but she wasn't saying that much. Mm-hmm. And so then she wasn't walking. We're still 18 months. She wasn't walking. And so um, I know because she was a late preemie that her sensory too That may It could be a factor of why. Because she would be on her tiptoes a lot. Mm -hmm. And she still walks on her tiptoes to this Mm -hmm. day. Even though she's walking. She's on her tiptoes because of the sensory, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. And so I was like, well, maybe that's why she didn't like tummy time. And she still has yet to crawl to this day. It's just not what she did. (laughs) So we go through physical therapy. And then I had to, like like Ashley said, I had to advocate for Carrie because um her physical therapist the first one it just wasn't a fit she wasn't speaking life into my child oh uh, she was not too. providing yes. positive it was just like real kind of negative and I did not like her spirit yes. it was not what I what my child needed um Carrie needed to be pushed and she was kind of coddling some and then she just again wasn't positive Mm -hmm. so I was like I need somebody else and then I said I also think she needs occupational as well because just because you know um she's not she's holding her crayon but she's like throwing it like she's not really doing everything right. that she should yes. and like i'm looking at this i'm like well if if tis has provided all these therapies let's go ahead and do it like i'm a single Absolutely. parent um I'm, I'm i'm at this point i'm a, you know doing it by myself so i need to get everything that she whatever she can qualify for let her get all the help she needs and as a teacher side i'm like okay I want my child to get everything. I don't want her to be behind the curve. I want her to be above. So wow. I'm like, and she will. And that's one thing that I make sure I try to do ever since she's been a baby, try to speak over, I always speak over her, pray over her, everything. Mm-hmm. So um, I've switched to a new physical therapist. Speech therapist was great and has been continuous great, mm-hmm. continuously great. And then I started with occupational. Just started with occupational, like twenty, tw- at the end of twenty twenty one.
1: Okay.
0: And then um, I also learned that she could get developmental therapy, like an inclusion teacher, um, to come to school and help with the teachers, because the teachers, her teachers at her school were just eager to know like what to what, and I loved that about them that they wanted to know what they could do. They just didn't know what exactly they had to do to help Carrie. And so then I asked her if it was something that, like, kind of what you said, Ashley, like, I just was like, well, something told me to look up autism. Mm-hmm. And I saw some of, the si- some of the stuff that Carrie did. And I was like, well, let me ask her speech therapist because she's well-versed in it. Right. And then I also asked um, a social worker that I know that like master's thesis was on autism and they were like well you can get it get her tested for it so i went and got her tested in november of 2021 a university of memphis psychologist developmental people looked at her and they said that she has some traits and it's like maybe one or two but it's not... They said she has severe developmental delays. Okay. And I said, okay, that helps, but we're going to make sure that she doesn't have these developmental delays. Okay. So, like, Carrie um, has been progressing. She signed. Like, that's what we're doing in speech therapy. She's signing for more. She loves to hum and everything. And she does... She is improving a whole lot. Yeah. Um... My thing is the guilt because when I found out about TIS and I found out that her doctor should have notified me, I feel guilty for not seeing, seeing that she was delayed. But I didn't see that she was delayed because she was she was t- saying my baby. Yeah, she was just yes. she was just one years old. So I was like, well, yeah. she she will come, you know, not all bad time. And I was yes. trying to not compare my child to somebody else. So she I was just said. like, you know, maybe. And but I cried when I found out that I, it it broke me. It really hurt me. And then also, like, I had to not feel ashamed of my baby yes. because with other people, like, she doesn't know. They're like. Well, she's not talking to me. She's not going to talk to you, baby. She has her own way of communication right now, yes. but she will eventually talk. Absolutely. Like I have to keep like there have been, you know, I know people have spoken ill of my child mm-hmm. and I have to speak against those things that Absolutely. have been spoken like uh, family members or people have spoken against my baby that's not the case she will succeed she will do this and carrie is going to school right now she well she's gonna start pre-k in august in the special education class but that doesn't mean she's gonna stay in a special education class and so i had to really i felt like people thought that it was my fault that i that i did something wrong Mm -hmm. and so you deserve you know you you chose to be in this marriage so this is your punishment Mm -hmm. this is what you get. or you just you should have known or you like I I felt that from people and I felt like well dang did I do this like you know like
1: Or you had health issues, so why did you get pregnant? Why did you have a child? Right. It's the guilt and the shame that they put on mothers when, honestly, it has nothing to do with us. Yeah. God makes each child differently. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he gives children with disabilities or developmental delays. To the parents that he knows are gonna take care of him yeah. and be there for them, um, we don't know why mm-hmm. he makes children different. Yeah, because
0: it's, it's it's crazy because at her her the the lady that comes to do her inclusion mm-hmm. or she's like a developmental therapist in a in a way, but she comes to do her inclusion. There was like a mix up with. At the daycare I was like, uh uh-uh. uh, Carrie's going to get her everything she needs to the yes. time she turns three because TIS runs out when she's three. Mm-hmm. So she'll I have to start doing out of you know, out of pocket things, which I don't mind. Right. But there's um, other
1: programs <laughs> and that's one thing like moms have to be um educated that It does not stop at three. Right. There's other programs outside of three. We Mm -hmm. just have to find them. Right. And we just have to stay on top of it. Mm -hmm. And I really hate that it's that way. Yeah. I really hate that we have to advocate and go so hard Mm -hmm. because I feel like the system should be built to help us.
0: It should be like, okay, you know my child is already ready. Like, Carrie is literally already registered with the state of Tennessee with Mm an IEP, with an individual education plan. And by the state of Tennessee standards, she should be in a special education program, has developmental delays. You already know this. This is already on record. Mm -hmm. I have yet to get a contact from anybody from the state about any assistance. Like, when I say I don't get any assistance, Mm -hmm. I don't get, like, people say, well, you can get this, you can get that. I'm like, no, I can't because the way my income is set up, it's like a lot of stuff that Parents. Some parents could get like maybe disability or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I can't qualify for it because my income is supposedly too much above whatever curve they have. Yes. Like even childcare assistance that they had, they're supposed to have for special ed. But there, there is a um, there was a thing called Katie. Katie Beckett I think yes. it's like a, mm-hmm. a grant so it doesn't matter the income you can get Absolutely. that and qualify for that and that goes beyond three as well mm-hmm. and so I was like well it was thankfully one her physical therapist which I love she told me about that so I'm now researching and trying to apply for that and getting you know those services because again with three three therapists That's expensive. You know that can be expensive, but I'm gonna do whatever I need to do for her. But people have to realize it's a it's a it's a lot, and if you're not dedicated to trying to make sure that your child, or if you're not advocating, sitting there doing things like I have to ask her physical therapist, I ask her speech therapist. Like at one point we were virtual because COVID was running rampant. But I would ask them, okay, so what did y'all work on so I can try to work on? Because it's just like when you send your kids to school and they read they're reading in class, but you're not reading with them at home. Of course, you're you're with your child too, so you should be doing that every like it should be full circle. Like Mm -hmm. you reading at school, they're reading at school, they're reading at home, like doing the same things, working on their letters, doing all that. It's the same with Therapy in with your child with disabilities or just a child, period. You got to make sure you're working with your child on yes. all those developmental things. And it made me also, I'll say, it felt like people were judging me. Like, like I was lazy, like a lazy parent, mm-hmm. or I was just doing whatever. And I'm like, no. If anything, I do the most. Like yeah. If anything, I and I had to like really get out of that mindset feeling like I was the problem or I was the issue. And I was like, this is about Carrie. If you're not gonna speak life into Carrie, and people always think that um like I'm shutting them down when they say stuff negative about Carrie. But I am because...
1: Because it's hurtful. It's hurtful. And those
0: words have weight. So I have to come out of agreement with that because I don't agree with what you say that she's delayed. Like, I don't agree with that. She is in a place. She's growing to... She's improving and she's getting to the place where she needs to be. Absolutely. Like, she's getting to where she needs to be. She's not there yet, but she will get there. Like, it's just i i just can't i refuse to accept that she's gonna be what the doctors and what therapists say like i already believe that she's gonna be start surpass whatever they say and they're gonna be you know just blown out of their blown. mind about
1: it. and to be honest because at this point we become the doctor mm-hmm. we become the therapist we become yeah. the counselors the teachers we are everything to them that everybody else gets paid for. Right. That we don't get paid for. Yeah. um, That's our job as mm-hmm. mom. Yeah. To be those things to them as well because nobody is going to go hard for them the way that we do. Yeah. So, we have to learn every single thing that they learn, Mm -hmm. and we have to work on the times, too. Yeah. Because they're in our care 24-7. Yeah. They're in their care for 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. And they move on to the next Child. child. Yeah. But this is my child, so... This is what I'm going to have to do for my child Mm -hmm. every single day. Right. Every single day, I have to work on something different. Mm -hmm. Every single day, I have to learn something different so I can pour it into him and so that I can teach him. Mm -hmm. And so that everybody around me knows this is what I'm going through. Right. And for the longest, I kept it to myself. Mm -hmm. But when you got that village, they got to know too because... They have to be there for your child just as much as you. So, when your child is out of your care, Mm -hmm. they can help. They can assist. So, I share doctor's appointments. Mm -hmm. I share the information that I'm told. Mm -hmm. And you're right. Sometimes, I don't get the feedback that I want to get. I don't hear what I would like to hear. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, I don't feel like it's realistic. Mm-hmm. what people say back to me. Yeah. Or sometimes I feel like it can even be superficial yeah. what somebody says back to me because I'm the parent that I'm living in the moment, I'm living in the right now. Mm-hmm. And I know I I stray away from statistics. Mm-hmm. I don't wanna hear statistics no more. Right. Oh, by eighteen months he he's supposed to do this. Quote unquote, normal kids do this at 15 months, mm-hmm. but Down syndrome kids do it at 18 months. So now he's 20 months and he ain't did it yet. Mm-hmm. So now he's behind on both scales. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to hear that. Right. I mean, I want, I, I, I welcome your professional opinion. Right. But if we say every child is different with normal kids, Then it needs to be the same with children with disabilities. Yeah. It don't matter. The learning curve and the statistics, every child is different, period. Yeah. That's what needs to be taught. Yeah. That's what we need to talk about.
0: Mm -hmm. Every
1: child is different, period. Yeah. In general, regardless. Regardless. And once you understand your child, Mm -hmm. then that's when you have to put in the work, for your child and meet them where they are at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I like how you talked about um, you fired your doctor and got a new doctor. You mm-hmm. have been with that doctor for all your life. Yeah, you'll be surprised that some of the people that don't have the courage to do that because that's all they know Mm -hmm. and this person means me well and this person is good at what they do Mm -hmm. and this person don't mean me no harm and i know they'll take care of my child and they'll do this and do that you will be surprised at the lack of knowledge that they know yeah because they ain't dealt with certain situations and Mm -hmm. they could have been in the practice for 40 years
0: yeah and this That's another thing, like, making sure you advocate for yourself, like, even before Carrie was conceived, like, if I had stayed at the OB that I was with, I don't know if I would have, she would have, I know she would have been trifling and gave me a hysterectomy, Mm -hmm. knowing that I want to have more kids, like, she, because that's how insensitive she was she told me i had fireboys, but no she didn't tell me let me rephrase the nurse told me and she didn't walk me through whatever she didn't say anything she just tried to throw um birth control down my throat and so my doctor that I, my ob that i had that delivered carry sat down with me showed me here's where they yes. are he said but i know you're trying to conceive so you don't have to worry about birth control. Is they're not in the way of anything. They're not in your fallopian tubes. They just right here in the uterus, chilling. Like, and they're not that big. They're not. We we don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, you can just go about your day. You know, still try to conceive, and that's what I did. So it was like, um, it was good that that I was able to fire the other OB, and so when I started doing that. And, like, advocate had to, like, really advocate for myself even before Carrie was born. I was like, well, I'm going to have to do that here. So I was like, well, where is a doctor that I can go? And her doctor now, she's, like, she's older, probably about the same age as the doctor that she had. But when I say I'm bringing concerns to her and she's like, okay, well, let's test her for this. Like, Mm -hmm. well, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's see how this goes. You know, just really caring and really looking into different things for uh Carrie instead of just saying um oh well kids don't don't crawl not all kids crawl which is a true fact but by 12 months by
1: 15 by 12 months Carrie wasn't crawling you should have did something yeah that should have been like a alarm a red and flag just imagine like sadly just me doing research. The things that they miss with black people Mm -hmm. that they wouldn't miss with somebody else. Because I even tell you, for me, with the fluid in my stomach Mm -hmm. and around the sac, that was a major sign for Down syndrome. And I did not know that until I did research later. But they say when when a woman is pregnant, she has extra fluid around her stomach Mm -hmm. and particularly around the sac. They're supposed to check to see if it's fluid behind the child's head and neck. Oh, wow. And that's mm-hmm. Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. They never tip check. They never ran their tests. Wow. They took my money, though. Yeah, because that had me coming every week, mm-hmm. and I had to pay for that. Mm-hmm. Ultrasounds are super expensive, yeah. so I had to Even get an ultrasound every week. I did too. So well, y'all didn't week. catch that on the ultrasound—the extra fluid behind his neck. Mm-hmm. None of that, so that. And you know, like I loved my doctor, mm-hmm. and so when I said something to him about it when I came back in for my checkup, mm-hmm. he told me he was gonna go look at the. um The text notes and, you know, if she was noticing it and blah, 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 I look back at his notes. But he also said to me, what would that have changed? If we were able to tell you that Aiden had Down syndrome before you, um, before he was born, it wouldn't have changed nothing to answer his question. But would it have prepared me? Yes. Yes. And you could have already had okay.
0: Let's go ahead and see what programs are yes. available, or what like with me. Um, I was asking a developmental who did her evaluation with autism. I was saying, well, does stress kind of caused you know developmental delays because you know she said it really is not like a cure. It's not like something that that you can cause, but she said stress could. Triggered have more people People who had stress And when I say I was like stressed Emotionally Professionally mm-hmm. Everywhere Like literally I can't even go into details About everything But know that your girl was stressed right. So I don't know If that was a factor of my child Having developmental delays But I do know in 9 months When she wasn't crawling sir Or even 6 months This is the same paperwork. We filling out for TEIS evaluation to get evaluated for the program she's under now. Because
1: they ask those questions to see where your child is. Mm -hmm. Developmentally. Mm -hmm. And it's the same little...
0: I think it's called ACES. I can't remember. It's something like that. Mm -hmm. But it's the same system. And you didn't think to go ahead and tell me about TEIS. Yes, she probably would have still had delays now. Mm -hmm. But I bet Carrie would have walked before 2 years. old and I bet also a lot of other things. But it just goes to show again like you said we have to ev- advocate. Like I know now like dealing with this, I know how it has made me feel. Yes. Like I have um I do know like what to do for the next time like to make sure I'm looking for these like I'm more alert yes. and I'm also making sure That I'm allowing Carrie Grace because, like, two you know people children two going on three would know like not to do this or not to do that, not to throw this. And Carrie does know stuff. Like that's the thing about my child, my child. You know she understands. She knows a whole lot that she doesn't, and she'll try to act like she doesn't Like my baby Mm -hmm.
1: is more advanced than the people think same with Aiden so like I know how he communicates Mm -hmm. I know with a noise or a sound or Mm -hmm. he's not verbally communicating with Mm -hmm. me but he communicates with me and I know yeah and so like the average person may feel like you really think or that's they just yelling yeah because now she yelling or, what yeah, no, Karen, she yelling sure. or whatever she'll, yeah
0: she'll be yelling i'm like she's happy she's okay why is she crying she's not crying this is her happy like she, she's she
1: might be fussing or just she ain't even rush. fussing she's yeah. just happy like yeah. when she's yelling and screaming sometimes
0: I can tell by the sound of it. Aiden it's two. like If it's happy or same
1: It's Aiden. a happy
0: or yeah. a cry, like, I'm finna start crying. Or yeah. you need to hurry up and give me something to eat or yeah. something like that. Same. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and even with me just speaking to parents, like, with um, different disabilities mm-hmm. outside of Down syndrome. Yes. Yeah. Just uh, um, learning disabilities or, in general, parents with autism kids. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, I'm hearing that they don't want to diagnose kids at 1 and 2. Yeah. And they're waiting until they're 3 and 4. Yeah. But mom and dad already sees that Mm -hmm. something's just not right. Right. But they won't give them the diagnosis Diagnosis. to get their child the help that they need and the services that they need. Yeah. And that's
0: one of the things that the psychologist was like... He's had people try to force a one year old, and he was like, "Well, one year old's not all the way developed," and it made sense to what he was saying why to wait. But in essence, I was like, "Well, I'm not gonna speak autism over Carrie." Right. Like, if all in the other thing is like all the therapists see, like they saw like the the one little sign, like the humming and stuff like that, but. They were like, she's more verbal than most. She's not saying clear words and she's saying something. And so that was like a factor to them. And they were just like, with our observation, we don't believe she is. Then when she had her evaluation for pre-K they were saying the same thing so I was like well you know what I'm gonna speak that she doesn't have autism like I'm just gonna
1: keep speaking that she doesn't and yes it's the process that she's going through mm -hmm. right now and you're getting her all of the help that she needs to go through this process Mm -hmm. and when she gets older you don't look back on this moment and it was just a thing of the past yeah And
0: and that's exactly I was like Carrie's going to graduate with a regular diploma. Mm-hmm. She's not going to have a special education certificate or whatever. Because I think also, like, God is real, you know, intricate. Because I wasn't going to into teaching. It wasn't what I was supposed to go into. But I feel like God placed me in education for a reason. So I can know and have, you know, knew what was, yeah, was going to come. And knew how to say, okay, yeah, she should be in pre-K. And, oh, they got pre-K-3 for special ed, you know, with um, IEPs. Okay, go ahead and put her in it. And I really haven't been sharing about Carrie's disabilities because, well, not, like, on a broad platform like that until now. Mm -hmm. Because I wouldn't say, I was just, like, I wanted to wait and see what her... How her story unfolded. I was trying to like just give it. What if
1: there was going to be like a proper diagnosis mm -hmm, or something? Yeah,
0: but there hasn't been. So I'm like, okay, well, let me just go ahead and tell the people. Yeah, Carrie Danielle did not walk until two after two years old. She was it was her second birthday. She was still, she was on her tiptoes and she stills on her tiptoes walking, and like of course with preemies, there's like some type of sensitive um like something about i forgot what it is because i'm not a medical professional so i don't want to mess it up right. but it's some sensory thing with preemies even though she was a late preemie she still was a preemie so they were like that has a lot to do with it and she may have to have like an insert in her shoes or something like that to make sure her um bones are uh structured and structured right and then and her clean. her feet are mm-hmm. are go in they Same go in with ways. and also the crazy thing is i learned that her father my ex-husband had foot corrective surgery like so a 80s. lot of those things would have made sense would have mm-hmm. to know so it's like if you're dating just make sure you know about the people like <laughs> Make Hello, sure you know that, true, so. that family history, and, yes, you know, and everything, absolutely. because I think that was something that was mentioned to me maybe once, and of course, who's gonna remember that like mm-hmm. one time? And so now it wasn't even you know brought up again. So it's definitely something mothers just make if mothers to be, you want to be a mother, just make sure you um know the people you um having a ch- child with. And, laying down with
1: and
0: making sure you have a true partner <laughs> like yeah or you have anything else to say I would
1: just say um don't be scared to form a village and I'm speaking from the heart because I was yeah I literally wanted to go through this alone yeah I didn't want to talk about it yeah I didn't want to share nothing I didn't want to hear nothing mm-hmm. I didn't want no pity. I just wanted to get the help that I needed for my child, be there for him, and go through it alone. Mm -hmm. But to be honest, if you're in a relationship or if you're married, Mm -hmm. you can't put everything on your spouse. Yeah. A mother's role and a father's role is totally different when it comes to nurturing your child. Yeah. You need to have other moms that's Mm -hmm. going through, if not the same, something similar similar to what you're going through to relate. To have those those conversations. Mm -hmm. To be able to, yes, bounce off of each other. To get the children together. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times, just being honest, we shelter our kids. When they have delayments or disabilities. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't want
0: her to go to school. I was like, "Mm, I don't know about that. You know, I didn't, you know, I was really, like, I guess iffy but actually if i had a started her going to school at six months i the teachers would have because it's just like i said tis is just like a iep they would have noticed i would have picked up so it's like dang i should have just you know because she was really spoiled um and still is but she was really coddled and spoiled even with mm-hmm. her first daycare before uh she went to the second one uh, she was they were holding her all day. I was like, why are y'all holding her? Like, what do you like? Yeah. Why mm-hmm. let her let her, you know, explore and everything. And it was really, yeah, having a village. And that's my thing. I, I have, I do have a couple of friends that I know they have children with. Uh, autism that i you know reached out to but i definitely need to uh you know reach out to more people and Mm -hmm. maybe after this i'll be able to like have other people that are free to reach out to me on facebook or any type of social media that would definitely be great just because to know that you're not alone because like as as a single parent it's like, dang, I feel like I am alone. Like, it because, is. like, especially if you're the parent that sees it and you're really going hard, you mm-hmm. know, not saying that the other, not negating the other parent, but just saying like, if I'm like the one that's the most different weak. about
1: moms, or yeah, it's like <laughs> as
0: a mom, whenever the baby's sick, you're always the one to care and nurture, mm-hmm. even at birth it's like a lot so yeah I definitely agree that having a village and I have to do better with that because I was really like close close like if it wasn't my my mama or it wasn't you know any anyone else I was like or my sister I was like I don't know
1: I'm I'm actually literally and Aiden just turned two Mm -hmm. I'm just growing out of that so Probably just in the last couple of months, I could not talk about Aiden's situation without crying. Wow. I'm just getting into the place to where, Mm -hmm. and I still get emotional and teary-eyed, but I could not talk about his situation without breaking down. Yeah. And I had to get to the bottom of that place and Mm -hmm. why I could not and where I was. Guilt, shame, Mm -hmm. embarrassment, like all these things. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. and I don't think it'll ever go anywhere from us as parents. Because as
0: mom, even if Like, somebody was, like, even if your child was, quote, unquote, normal, because, like, whatever that means, because, like, she's still normal anyway. Right. And it's, like, (laughs) really irritating to hear people say that, but you don't know until it's your child. Like, Mm -hmm. you, like, I've taught kids who had, you know... Who had autism I didn't even know they had autism so they handed me the IEP to sign for yep. a re because the child it was just you know whatever and like like I said Carrie doesn't have autism but just saying like even kids with learning disabilities I had kids with learning disabilities mm-hmm. didn't even know like they didn't care about the extended time on they you know IEP because they were like they were my some of my top students like yes. a a-plus students. Yes. So I was just like, you know what? If she has a PIP, oh, well. She's still going to get a regular diploma, like I declare over her. Like, she's going to go to college and career, wherever she wants to do. Mm-hmm. And she's going to be successful. Like, I'm not, like, going to settle for, okay, this just has going to be, woe is me, you know, whatever. And um, I think, like, again, if she didn't even have these developmental delays, I still have mom guilt. I had mom guilt back when she didn't have quote unquote development delays yes. when I went back to work. Because I was like, somebody else going to be around my child. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I was really like, this is my fir- first child, and I'm just like, what? is she really gonna know me and then also not being able to breastfeed which really broke my heart and i was like well maybe me not being able to breastfeed why she got the development to the lace it was just so much going through my mind like so
1: much goes through my mind like for sure
0: and i definitely felt the guilt but i feel like again guilt comes anyway it's like a a trick to try to come in and be like you're Absolutely. not doing this, or if you're a, if you're a stay at home mom, you're not doing enough. You're not providing a stable income for your child, or future for your child, or you're not doing this. It really just tries to come in to confuse you and moms. Period. Like this will like air before Mother's Day. Like y'all are y'all are the best. Like
1: we, we are. You. For I sure. mean.
0: No shade to a man because, yeah, we we appreciate the dads. But a real man, they know. They'll
1: say, they'll declare and decree themselves that the woman... It, mm-hmm. you know, does it all. Yeah. When it comes to the kids. Not do it all in that sense, but like we are the it factor yeah. when it comes to the And we look at children. everything,
0: like every intricate factor that maybe they would miss yes. because we have a different perspective. Yeah. And then the thing is you carried this child for nine months. Or in my case, eight and a half months. Yeah. But you carried that child. You've grown you sung to that child. That child has heard your heartbeat on the inside. That child knows you. Hello. Like and it's it it is like emotional. Like I was emotional just the other day. Like my child's really finna be three. And I was crying like and then next she gonna be going to this She gonna be going to prom like yes. I was just like oh my god my <laughs> all she, these
1: things are about to happen she, like right. let me prepare myself she's
0: just a baby time
1: slow down yes <laughs>
0: and so I'm like you know what let's like moms if you have a child with you know disabilities and you would like to connect you know come comment on um the podcast. It'll be of course in different mediums. But follow us on social media. Uh reach out to us via email, whatever you need to do, because I promise the community is definitely needed. Yeah. For
1: sure. For sure. But do you have Um, anything I was just saying like there are more resources than Mm -hmm. meets the eye that we're taught. Yeah. Um so if there's anybody listening to this podcast and you feel like you're not getting the help that you deserve Mm -hmm. or you're not even getting enough from your pediatrician or the therapist, please feel free to reach out to me. Mm -hmm. I fought this fight for two years now. Mm -hmm. I kind of like know how to work the system. I know how to get what I want and what I need for my child. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a different type of way that you got to speak up when you're dealing with these people. Sadly, it's all about money. Mm -hmm. And... um, Even if you can't afford it or if you can't get the free services or whatever, there's still help and support out there for you. And so I just want anybody listening to know your child doesn't have to have Down syndrome or autism. Just any type of developmental delay, please Mm -hmm. stay on top of it. Yeah. Please reach out for help. The help ain't gotta come from the teachers or the doctors, it can come from anybody. Yeah. Most of my help has been received from strangers yeah for me just being vulnerable enough to make facebook posts like listen i need help i've been trying to get physical therapy for my son since he was 10 months he just started physical therapy in the end of january of this year wow that was a long battle and a long fight to the point to where i reached out to facebook and i got private services Wow. And in the midst of me doing private services, um, my son just so happened to have an appointment um with his gastro doctor at LaBonner. Mm-hmm. And I was just venting to her. And she said, I know you live in DeSoto County, but we offer those services here. I said, I've tried. I've been on a waiting list. I've been I've gotten a runaround. It's all about who you know. Yeah. She yeah. said Give me a couple of days and I will have Aiden in physical therapy. And guess what? She delivered on that. Wow. I have been trying for since Aiden was 10 months to get him physical therapy because the occupational therapist told me I've done all I can do Mm -hmm. in the crawl area Mm -hmm. and trying to help him walk. He needs physical therapy.
0: Yeah. And occupation and physical, some of their things, like they were telling me. Uh, for the ones who are doing for carry school, they were mm-hmm. like, um, they kind of go hand in hand, hand in, it, in, some, in some aspects. Um, but they're still separate, different entities, mm-hmm. and like fine motor skills, you know this. But they all—it's like all of these, like, like the scripture says, all things work together. Literally, all yes. these therapies work together. Like the speech is tied to the the physical is tied to all of it is a part of the development the brain development the body yeah absolutely it is yeah well thank you so much for joining our podcast thank you for having me you're welcome this is this has been season um two episode one we started with a bang from mother to mother um dealing with children with disabilities thank you for listening